I'm Jenny Galuzzo, co-founder of The Second Shift. Welcome to our podcast where we talk all things women, work, and well-being, how they intersect, our competing forces, and how to create and maintain personal and professional alignment in your life. Let's do this. We do this thing at the second shift called Featured Member, where we highlight a member from our community. We've been doing this since the very beginning. And we then put you out on our social media channels. And I thought it would be interesting. It's kind of just out of curiosity, taking a look at our survey that we ask members to fill out. And maybe it's time to update this. But I was taking a look and I thought, you know what, I'm going to take this survey myself and see what happens. So on this episode, this very special episode of the Second Shift podcast, I will be asking myself the featured membered survey and seeing what I think about the questions and if we need to update it. (laughs) And also, I think it'll just be an interesting little experiment. So, okay, tell us your work story, who you are and what you do. I'm Jenny Galuzzo. I am a co-founder of The Second Shift. My work story is that I worked in journalism for my entire first half of my career, on air, production, booking. And after the birth of my second son, I had taken some time out of the workforce and I was looking for a way to shift careers into doing something different that felt exciting and purposeful. And after thinking it through and trying on different ideas, came to the idea of the second shift kind of organically. And that is what I've been doing, building the second shift for nearly a decade. It's very exciting. And my proudest professional accomplishment, which is the next question, would be having built this company because it went from a very small idea of like, well, what if there was this group of women and there were companies and they wanted to hire them. Is that something that would be feasible to a business where we have thousands of members in our community? We work with incredible client partners. And really, we've put millions of dollars into the wallets of the women in our network who we've been able to provide jobs for. I know that they are the best most qualified talent pool that there is. And that is the number one feedback we get. And they're incredibly grateful for the opportunities that we're able to provide. And I'm really proud of this podcast. I'm really proud of this community. I'm really proud of everything we've built at The Second Shift. I'm proud that I have the same partners and really pretty much the same basic team since the beginning. And that says a lot. We've weathered a lot of storms of highs, lows, COVID, and we're still together. And I think that, you know, as you measure success, that is an enormous success and really a testament to the leadership, the purpose, and what we're doing here. What is the hardest challenge you've faced work-wise? The hardest challenge we faced was definitely COVID because we went from a place where the business was cooking And we were in a growth trajectory to everyone being fired, staying home. And it was really disheartening having to cut back on hours. 
really not knowing if this business was going to survive and realizing that we set the measure of success as still being alive at the end of COVID. And we are still alive. We still have our team. We kept everyone in place. We were able to reconfigure a lot of things and reconfigure the business in a certain way, change the metrics of success and the KPIs, and also figure out other ways to grow outside of what our starting revenue stream, which is the recruiting and the and the jobs, which we continue to do, but growing out these other areas and realizing that our mission wasn't just about providing jobs, which it definitely is. It's also about holistically giving people the community and the career development, the networking, and all of the things they need to put in place so that they can be the best version of their professional selves. So that's why women work and well-being are the tent poles of this podcast and also all of our community and career development, professional development. So that was a that was a challenge, but I am um, we faced it and we dealt with it and you know, I would say on a personal level, the hardest challenge professionally was feeling like there was moments during COVID and and beyond where I felt stuck. It felt really like a slog and having to continue doing it, not knowing if it, if it was making any difference, if it was going to survive, what was going to, how this was going to go. And it just wasn't fun. You know, when you're doing something for this long, sometimes it's just not fun. There are days where it's just not, you know, fun and having to reinvent what you're doing, but continue doing it so that way you can feel reinvigorated. It doesn't happen naturally. You have to make it happen. And that is a mindset shift and just a like shaking yourself up, doing things differently, trying new things, being open to new opportunities. And like this podcast, I wasn't necessarily open to doing this for a really long time. And look at me now. Here I am. And I'm enjoying it. And I'm talking to myself on a microphone. And that's just cool. If you could change one thing about your given field and how it operates, particularly with regard to women, what would it be and why? Well, that is why we are doing what we're doing. We're trying to solve a problem, which is to provide opportunities for women so they can stay in the workforce and also to provide support for those women so that they can feel empowered to chart their own career journey. So I think I would change the way the field operates in that it's really hard to change businesses. They talk a lot about wanting to make change, to bring in people, to think outside the box. And then they don't always do that. There's a lot of talk, there's a lot of intentionality, and there's like some poor execution. So that is what I would change. And, you know, having been in this business for a long time and having been in a position where I can kind of take myself out of it and see how much has changed in the past 10 years, a lot has changed. Change happens slowly. Even COVID, which changed things quickly in certain areas, which I'm very, I think we're, I'm grateful for the idea of hybrid and remote work and the change of the pace at which people were working. Everything does happen slowly and you have to recognize that this is a marathon 
and not get sucked into negative headlines and negative statistics and negative everything because those are the things that draw headlines. And because of my past in journalism, I recognize how easy it is to make a headline that's going to rile everybody up, make them feel like it's it's a never-ending game and we're never going to win. But I don't want to play that. I think that it's better to be optimistic and positive. It keeps you going, even if it doesn't grab the headline. And negativity breeds negativity. So I've seen a lot of positive change and I'm going to go with that. My best advice for women looking to make a career change but are afraid or lack the confidence? Well, I would say, first of all, we got to unpack where your fear and lack of confidence comes from because that's what's holding you back. And you should try to figure out where that's coming from, why you feel that way, learn how to recognize it physically and mentally when you're feeling that way, and then teach yourself to override that. That's kind of the fake it till you make it, which is really just overriding those ingrained programs. And once you recognize what they are, you see them, you are able to understand how it feels in your body and what thoughts are coming up in your head. And once you see that patterning, if you do the work, then you can decide to fake it, to override it, to just be delusional about yourself and go for whatever career change you want with a completely positive mindset. You can do it. Anyone can do anything. I believe that. Do you have any advice on how to craft a winning pitch now? I think that if you can connect to your own experience or something personal to that job, to that industry, to show that you've done your research is very important. To tell a story, people really want a narrative right now. It's not just, here's my LinkedIn. Obviously, I can do this job. It's, here's who I am. Here's why I'm the best person for this role. But really selling them on a story of you as this person who is going to come in to solve all their problems and how you're going to kill it on that job using specific proof. I think like three different points to back up whatever point you're trying to make. I don't know if that made any sense. What continues to draw you to your field and what do you hope to accomplish in the years ahead? Well, I'm still drawn to my field because I love what I do. I love the women we work with, what we've been able to build. I think that we've definitely not solved a problem, but we've been able to chip away and we've been a force for change. And I still believe in the mission of the second shift and it hasn't changed. So because I still believe in it, and I still love what I do, it keeps me motivated to continue. What do I hope to accomplish? I would really like to keep building out this podcast, keep building out our events. They've been very well received. Like to take it on the road. I'm looking for sponsorships and partnerships with brands and businesses who want to reach this audience, whether it's advertising for the podcast or partnerships for the events. I'd like to build it into doing some sort of retreat because I've always wanted to go on one and I never can get my head around taking a week off and joining 
something like that, even four days. I've always wanted to do it. I've never done it. So I figure if I'm the one planning it, then I have to show up and make the time. So my goal would be to build out a retreat for the second shift with some partner where people come and we do what we do. We talk about women, work, and well-being. And we're able to, in a small group, put people together who can be of service and help to each other in like a smaller cohort, kind of like a mastermind. That's really my goal for the next year or so. Okay. We're down to like, we got like five more questions. That's good. I feel like I'm rambling. What's the best piece of professional advice you've ever received? I have received many, many pieces of advice, but for some reason, this piece has always stuck out to me, mostly because we listened and it really served us well, which was when Gina and I were starting the business and we were we were looking for money. Uh, we needed some funding to build out the platform. And you know, there was a lot of like, this was in the time of like, you know, girl boss and everyone's raising venture capital money and everyone's out. We were seeing competitors coming out and popping up and raising, you know, tens of millions of dollars. And we couldn't decide if we were selling ourselves short because we were like, we don't want to really want to do that. We don't think that that's how we're going to build our business. But it, it, there was an allure to it. And we met with somebody early on. I don't even remember who this person was, but he said, you should think about building your business as if it's just a regular business. You, know, you make money and that's the money you spend. That you figure out ways to be thrifty. You figure out ways to keep yourself going and not just raise cash to raise cash because it's available. And I, I have seen that taking that advice and listening to it, we are very scrappy. We are a small team. We don't spend a lot of money. We figure out how to do things on our own. I mean, we're lucky. Our, I would say our secret sauce is that we have you know, 5,000 women in our network who can help us to do things when we need to do them, we can hire them. So I also think it shows that we are putting our network to work for us. And it's been a way that we've been able to stay in business, stay small and not get sidetracked. And we have seen a lot of people who have raised, and businesses who have raised a lot of money going out of business while we're still alive and kicking. And so I'm really grateful actually that we didn't go with like the dangly, shiny objects when it seemed like easy money. And it could have been a lot easier. We would have been able to do a lot more, but ultimately it's about the long game. It's about being successful in the long term, fulfilling our mission, our purpose. And I, I love what I do. So I'm glad we're still here. Who has been your biggest cheerleader, supporter, mentor? Uh, I had a lot over the years. I think I'm not going to think about external cheerleaders because there's too many to focus on. But what I will say is Gina and Kemp, my two partners, they are so supportive of me. You know, Gina supported me doing this podcast long before I or events or anything long before I ever really wanted to do it. And I love them. I, you know, want to kill them sometimes, but I love them more. 
And I'm sure they want to kill me all the time because I'm always concocting ideas of things that we should do. And, oh, we got to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this event. We're going to partner here. And this is what we're going to do. And I'm really appreciative because they allow me the space to do that and to try new things and to dream big. And we work so well together. So they are my biggest cheerleaders. And I hope that they feel the same about me because I love them and I support them completely. How do you negotiate the balance between life and work when you're the one setting the boundaries? I'm not that great at it. I've been better about putting boundaries around things that I want to do and making it work for me. I used to say no to a lot of things. Like I'm in a a parenting group that meets once a month. I really wanted to do this art class that my friend leads where you go to galleries once a month. And these are things that I said no to for a really long time because I felt like I couldn't. And in a post-COVID world, I decided that like life was too short and I really wanted to do them. And so I make the time to do it. I put boundaries. I set it in my calendar and where I used to not go to them and any excuse where, you know, something came up, I would bail on it. I really have tried to prioritize those things as well as my children, you know, obviously they're a major priority and just finding times to work and being really focused when I need to focus. But it's hard. Honestly, also, I would say like, I only have my kids 50% of the time. And so when I have them, I try to really make that the priority. And then when I don't, like I could spend an entire weekend working, catching up when I don't have my kids. So I have that It's an unfortunate blessing that I have a lot more time to myself than many women do. If you could tell your younger self one thing about what this professional journey would be like, what would you tell her? That's a pretty good question. I would say to my younger self, there's that Steve Jobs quote, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. And I think that's really true. You have, and that you have to just trust in the universe, higher forces, God, whatever you want to call it. And like I said earlier, override your fear, override all the voices in your head, really do the work so that you can know where they're coming from and what's real and what's not. And be like relentlessly optimistic and like delusionally positive about your own life. If you believe it, you can do it. And I've been really good I think through my life, just kind of following my instinct and my intuition, even when it didn't necessarily feel like the right thing to do or was scary or just not what I wanted, right? It's sometimes it's just like you're not getting what you want in the short term and you're really bummed out. But having the faith in knowing that it's all going to work out. And I look at my career now and I, I don't regret switching careers. I don't think I was that great at what I was doing. If I had been, it would have been more successful. I don't think that it was what I was supposed to do for the long term. To be honest, I'm like kind of down on the media in general these days. So I'm glad in some ways not to be part of it. And I use all of the skills that I learned when I was doing that job now. Every single thing. I am so confident in what I do now because of that career. 
And it felt at the time painful and it felt like I was giving something up. But now I'm so happy that that choice was the choice I made and it got me to this place. Okay, last question. As we finish every podcast, how do I make work work for me? Like I mentioned before, I make work work for me by prioritizing things on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, carving out the time and putting up boundaries around the things that are important to me that I want to make a priority for that day or for that week, following my curiosity, understanding that sometimes you have to do things that aren't necessarily in the service of work to be inspired for your work, and finding the time to get everything done and still be a present friend, daughter, mother is really important because I personally am best when I'm operating on like every cylinder on hyperdrive. You know, some people might say that that's not like their favorite mode of Jenny, but I think that I'm at my best when that's happening because I like to feel like I'm killing all of the different buckets in my life and feeling excellent in all those places. And like, I'm being able to do all the things that I want to do. And if I feel like I'm moving forward on all the cylinders, then I feel like I'm really getting the most out of life. Like I really operate in joy. I operate in gratitude and I like to operate like full steam ahead. So watch out world. Second shift's coming for you. Going strong. Thank you very much for listening. This was fun. I think that I would be open to any suggestions for different questions that you think are missing from here or maybe edits to some of these that feel redundant or not interesting. Please feel free to reach out anytime. You can put it in DM for the second shift. It's at the second underscore shift or you can just email me jenny at the second shift.com. And I'm going to make Gina and Kem do this because I think it's interesting. And who wouldn't want to hear from them? I would. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining the conversation. For more, you can follow along at thesecondshift.com. Please rate, review, subscribe, and help us make work work for you and for all women.